0: Welcome to the Love, Truth, and Power podcast. In today's episode, a group of friends and I recently got together to explore the resilience of the color of love. We shared our vulnerabilities, our strengths, our fears, and concerns. We hope that through our stories, we find our shared humanity. Thank you for joining us on this journey to celebrate the resilience of the color of love. Let's get into it. So... Thank you uh, again for joining us for this second episode on Love, Truth, and Power as it relates to the color of love. And today I have the um, pleasure and honor to be uh, in a beautiful space with uh, Kim hosting us. And so I'm going to have each one of them just go around and tell their name and maybe how we know each other how we're related to each other and whatever else they want to share before we get into our conversation.
1: You want to start? Sure. Thanks for having me here, or at least thanks for coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kim Lamite, and I'm a school psychologist um, by training, but I'm so proud of my MOM degree more than anything. Um, I have two children, um, in twenty twenty three and twenty four, boy and a girl, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm not sure what else I can share. <laughs> just, you know, really excited to talk about the topic. It's just everything you said, I'm just eating it up. Like I'm watching you instead of participating, <laughs> I So
0: I have to focus. Well, thank you for hosting us, Kim, really. Mm-hmm. I really
2: appreciate thank it. Thank you. And I'm Jennifer, um, also a mom. I have three children, all five years apart. Didn't do that on purpose. That's God's <laughs> plan. <laughs> So one um, will be 25 in July. She's graduating from um, Emory with her master's in environmental studies. So Yay. And mm-hmm. well was environmental and epidemiology. She always, mm-hmm. cor- she always corrects me. She wants that <laughs> epi. She's like, epi. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I worked hard.
0: Don't yes. She's, She's earned
3: it.
2: That's right. And then... Um, Baby girl, that's the middle child. She is twenty. She I always have to remind myself that she just turned twenty because she's still a baby to me. And then baby boy, he's fifteen. He turned fifteen in January. So I have, um, a, you know, lovely family. And then my husband of twenty five years, and uh, we've been in Virginia about fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm
3: Ashley. Um, This
0: is my mom. Y'all remember from the first episode. Uh, I'm a paralegal, and I'm also a mom. I have one five-year-old son. Oh, And he's my (laughs) world. So, um, uh, to be, you know, really honest with the audience, we were initially going to record this episode. Uh, It was scheduled to record. We didn't know that that would be the day that the... Um, Chauvin um, case would be decided on and so we had to um, reschedule it and um, I think you know again it was a collective decision to extend grace to each of us and our families to give us time to um, process it but I think it's very relatable to the topic that we'll be talking uh, about today And, you know, just the different experiences of being married um, to a person of color and how we experience life. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, also how it's very much a a shared humanity, right? A shared experience. Um, And then where we find, you know, support um, and what we need to do to ensure that, you know, we're taking care of ourselves in times like these. Uh, And so we'll just, you know, get right into the topic and just start um, discussing wherever you feel comfortable about how you process the Chauvin case, what you thought about it, you know, what your thoughts were on it. um, Yeah, and where you are today, Mm -hmm. so.
2: Yeah, it was a lot. I I think I saw a lot of people crying, um, you know, in the response. Well, in the courtroom, it was celebration, Mm -hmm. exhale. And then in the, um, when they showed people who had gone to the site where he, where he was murdered, um, people were crying and weeping. I didn't have an emotional reaction, I think I was numb. And there was a lot going through my head because it was like, this is good. But then the fact that we had so much tension waiting for this verdict really messed with me mm-hmm. because it was so obvious that this man was murdered and why and why are we even questioning that so i i went through those stages of like um happy but not really happy mm-hmm. and um i still feel like there's so much work
0: that that needs to be done so mm-hmm. that's that's yeah yeah i want to say i had the uh similar experience which was that like why was there a question you know and I understand the process uh and I understand the attorney having to do something to try and put up a defense mm-hmm. um but again what in and so I don't blame him for that but I also um, was very honest with myself that I also have a right to question how we portray uh, our you know Mm -hmm. men in our community Mm -hmm. and in particular you know men of color like how we work really hard to dehumanize them and that's that should not ever be part of the justice system right and it should not be something that attorneys have a right to use um, because that narrative is already out there Mm -hmm. but that you as an attorney used it as a weapon Mm -hmm. uh, really infuriated me Mm -hmm. and i just had to come to terms with being okay with the fact that i have a right to question whether that should be a fair strategy right to dehumanize um, our men because i don't see it done in other cases um in the same way Right. right that you use his size his color um the fact that he's stronger he was stronger they said mm-hmm. and that's a that's a history you know mm-hmm. that america has created a narrative they've created about uh, you know men of color mm-hmm. as if they're stronger than anybody else and so for me him using that was not you know was not a, a strategy or a tactical thing but it was more to incite fear to the jurors who already can relate to that because they've heard this story before about Mm -hmm. the threat of black men Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah I I agree with both of you I think it's such a complex situation it's been really hard for me to take all of it in and have like sort of a a clear response I know my initial gut reaction was I wanted to watch Chauvin's face you know but he wore the mask of Mm. course and so I saw his eyes going back and forth as the verdict was being read and you know there was that sense of like I really want to see some acknowledgement like I think I was looking for something and I didn't get that so I was left feeling empty Mm -hmm. there um disappointed but But relieved, of course, with the verdict, you know and and, and I, I agree with you, like, wow, look at all that this family had to go through in listening mm-hmm. to the testimonies and listening to um, the the description of their mm-hmm. loved one in that in that manner, uh, dehumanized, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. he was some a thing um, mm-hmm. that was threatening mm-hmm. um, and his character was torn apart completely um, in the process, you know and um, for ridiculousness that, yeah, that mm-hmm. the system had created those um tactics and that training um and my dad was a police officer for 30 years so i understand that they're trained uh to respond certain ways and i guess the the, the fact that people don't realize that it, that it is a system that has mm-hmm. created this mm-hmm. um and and so i've heard the other side too say like oh great now all all white police officers are gonna be targeted for any little thing that they do. And I feel so much anger when I've heard Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of response Um, because it's not an us against them Mm -hmm. thing, you know, this is a system thing. And Mm -hmm. the fact that people are clinging Mm -hmm. um, to something is really sad, you Mm -hmm. know, and it really Mm -hmm. frightens me. And I guess that's why it's taken so long for even this verdict to come yes. about mm-hmm. um, and so yeah the needle moved a little tiny bit mm-hmm. but those deep fears and biases are clear I mean mm-hmm. I, I heard it just two days ago come out of somebody's mouth like oh great now everybody and I thought that that's not that that's not the point you're missing mm-hmm. it yeah, you're missing right. it but it's because a whole group of people have been dehumanized. Mm-hmm that people don't feel compassion for those families that have lost loved ones.
3: Exactly. Um, I was very emotional when I heard the bird, I cried. Um, I was with my mom actually, (laughs) and I cried for probably a good 30 minutes um, because even though we saw the video, there was still a lot of uncertainty on which way it was gonna go, Mm -hmm. even though we knew what the answer was. Mm And I feel the same as though there's still a lot of work to be done. But on the other hand, I was very happy about the verdict because it makes me feel like even though we only moved a centimeter, maybe it'll be a foot by the time Maddox is allowed to go out by himself. And maybe it'll mm. be two feet by the time he's allowed to drive. And maybe mm. it'll be three feet by the time he gets married. You know, so I was a little happy because right now I feel like I protect him because we're always together. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that it'll keep moving little by little by little. By the time he's able to go out alone, it'll be a little bit better. Yeah.
0: So you were hopeful. Yes. Very hopeful.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think the other thing is, um, as well, for me in the moment, I was saying that I almost want to be, I feel like I'm being robbed of really being able to celebrate this yes. verdict mm-hmm. because okay. i recognize that this is one verdict in a system right that hasn't changed at all right. so so although i want to celebrate you know for the family and with the family i recognize that i can't because the work is not done right, right? Mm-hmm this was an exception right where what we want is the rule and if we want the rule then that means the system has to change right and to your point kim as you were saying this is not an us against them or them against us this is us as a shared humanity saying that the system that works to privilege some Mm -hmm. should work for everyone Correct. Right. We're not asking for more. We're asking for the same. Right. However, recognizing that we haven't started from the same mm-hmm. place. Right. And I think that's what most you know, people who haven't had the experience fail to comprehend. Right. right. The pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Thing that we love to think about in america it's like so i made it so you should be able to make it is a fallacy right because you were given bootstraps <laughs> whether you earned them or not you were given those bootstraps right and then when you were given the bootstraps you were said you you know you were taught how to use them. this is how you use them right because You had a better system in place that was intended Mm -hmm. to benefit you, right? Versus most of us started with no bootstraps and, and were told the same thing. Tie, you know tie mm-hmm. your own bootstraps mm-hmm. absolutely i would uh, uh, have i started with with bootstraps to begin with or right. we got the strings but okay, they were the broken yeah broken.
1: Right. as soon as you pull them they snap correct, yeah. correct.
0: <laughs> Right.
2: Exactly. and so i
0: think for me it's like if people could understand that right and how it translates again for me when we think about um infant mortality because mm. i think about that a lot yeah. you know my entire career that has one this one thing that has really weighed in my heart and in my mind is infant mortality and I think you know how do we in these United States have you know women of color and children of color dying at rates that you know even fail to compare to third world countries Mm -hmm. right and so and why it hasn't been urgently addressed and even though there has been some progress in the last few years, at least in the data here in Virginia, Mm -hmm. it's minimal. And then when you disaggregate it by race, then we realize that it's it's not even worth mentioning. All that has happened is that the gap has widened. And so how that relates to me, when I think about my daughters, when I think about my husband is, you know, that um, we have, you know, assessed women of color, all kinds of ways based on their behaviors, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. I always share. Do you drink do you smoke do you mm-hmm. what did you do when did you start prenatal care and these are all behavioral things that people are assessing and we've been doing the same thing for many years and it hasn't improved infant mortality or maternal mortality and so because i think where we fail uh, as a system is the opportunity to look at the system and say well, so what is the, right. the system right. hey when did you enroll her in You know, healthcare, is the system efficient? Is it effective? Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, the stressors to the body of a woman, because I know for me, as it relates to my husband, when my husband um, speeds when he's out there or when he doesn't speed or when it's just, I'm always conscious of making sure that he's safe, right? Like that's a thing that doesn't, go away go away never goes away away. away. and so the stress i think about that it causes on my body Mm -hmm. right and now that i have daughters who are of age and could have children Mm -hmm. i think about the stress that it causes on their body Mm -hmm. right and do we relate more you know infant mortality and maternal mortality to the stress that we feel day to day worried about our
1: husbands Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about that stress in the beginning parts of a child's life, you know, with the mom Mm -hmm. feeling stressed and then having a baby and whether resources are available to them and the stress that that alone creates, but Mm -hmm. and and working um, in a school system as long as I have, knowing the stress of children who are black and brown and don't look like the teacher who's Mm -hmm. running the Mm -hmm. classroom, Mm -hmm. the stress of curricula that doesn't honor Mm. black and brown bodies. So when we talk about history and we talk about Native Americans, we finally got to that point, right? Mm. We were calling them Native Americans or indigenous people. You know, and I don't even know if indigenous people have made it into the the classrooms. Mm -hmm. And so the stress that 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 brown child feels Mm -hmm. when when their history is being changed or erased right in front of them and never even been allowed to have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to know where they came from. When I think about coming up, um, I was the only one in the classroom, Mm -hmm. and so when the topic of, hist- of uh, slavery would come around, every white face in the look room at- would turn and look at me. Mm-hmm. The stress that mm-hmm. I felt, especially mm-hmm. as an introverted child, mm-hmm. of, of children staring at me mm-hmm. and then wanting to ask me strange questions mm-hmm. about myself that I couldn't even answer.
3: Mm-hmm. As if you're the spokesperson for all black yes. Yes. <laughs> people. Right. Yes. Right.
2: The
1: right. stress I've we been, carry goes right. on. Yes. And so through the school system and beyond, we're, we're always carrying higher levels of stress So mm-hmm. you're right. It,
2: it's
1: mm-hmm. it, it's always internal to us, and I think unless someone walks in the, in our shoes, which they don't, mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. impossible to to explain that it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It is. I think what was interesting for me,
2: um, my husband and I, we watched um, the documentary. I think it's called Hidden Colors, mm-hmm. and there was a part in the documentary that made him shiver, and it was the part where they talked about black families, black mothers not complimenting their sons and he had such an emotional reaction to it because his mother never complimented him she never said you're you're good at this i'm proud of you you did this well and the reality of that was and he was born and raised in jamaica so we're talking about colonialism Mm -hmm. or imperialism all over the world Mm -hmm. and how black people are treated the the reality of that is if i brag about my son someone might take it from me Whether that means take his life Mm. or find a reason to set him up for something and he ends up in jail. Mm. So I'm going to encourage you, push you to do well in school, expect the best from you. But I'm never going to tell you you're great. Mm. You will never hear that from me. And that broke my heart. That, that broke my heart. Actually, I'm trying to fight back tears right now because we should be able to compliment and encourage and lift our kids up and tell them you know, you're Muhammad Ali, you're the greatest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, without being afraid that some jealous person mm-hmm. is going to want to take their life because mm-hmm. because they're black and you
0: shouldn't think highly of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. right. 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 And Many times even our own community, right, right. is like you're black. Right. Who do you think right. you are? Correct. Right. No, is, and we don't and do it, the it, same thing to other people. And,
1: right. and think about even you know we've seen it exaggerated in sports. You know the the joy of celebrating, right? So when the the kid the guy gets to the end zone mm-hmm. with the ball and he's having a dance and and it's. Showboating. Right. Who does he think he is? Yeah. It's a team effort. Yeah. But mm-hmm. our Black joy and our Brown joy—the way and we celebrate—that mm-hmm. you know we do. We mm-hmm. change in the inflections mm-hmm. in our voice mm-hmm. and the way we use facial expressions mm-hmm. and hand gestures and dance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. is all part of the celebration yeah. for us. Yeah. It is. Which brings me to the uh,
0: James Baldwin, "The Price of the Ticket," mm-hmm. right? Even. Now, you know, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm not for inclusion um, because inclusion, in my experience, in in my career, hasn't worked. I have been that token person of color who has been included. Mm -hmm. But again, I am the token person, you know, of color because um, when it comes to informing policy or practice Mm -hmm. or anything like that, I'm still the only person in the room with a different view, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and so in the power still remains with the majority Mm -hmm. and so whatever boardroom committee or anything that I'm a part of it I'm still the only person (laughs) and I realize that you don't really want to hear my ideas I am there to be a token for you right right? so you have included me right but yeah but (laughs) you don't really intend for me to have a voice which is what James Baldwin was talking about Mm -hmm. is the price of the ticket as you were talking about the games and how we celebrate is that um, what he was saying is, I want to include you. We want you guys to be part of our world, though. So you must conform Mm -hmm. to how we want to accept you, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what we find to be acceptable behavior. And you celebrating like that, that's showboating. And so the price of the ticket is that you get to play football, Mm -hmm. but you cannot celebrate like that. That's right. Right. right? That's right, right. You can't take a knee. Right, correct. Because somehow,
2: that's, it's not prayer, it's disrespectful to the flag, excuse me, I mean, like, I just, Mm -hmm. that blew my mind. Um, Yeah. And then what what hurt me is that so many black Americans couldn't, couldn't um, boycott the NFL. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in my own family, I had family members that were like, well, I have season tickets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the price of the ticket? Yes, yes. <laughs> to the price of our oh, lives and our respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we need, to, you do not need to be in the Patriots and mm-hmm. you know watching this game. You need to be boycotting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I and I've had so many arguments or let's say discussions with neighbors who you know a lot of my neighbors they fly their Confederate flags proudly um, about about the knee taking mm-hmm. the knee. Right. And, and really trying to get from them
0: what was their issue with it. Right. right. In, in which I think most people don't really know what the issue exactly. is. It's it's the person that's doing it who believes that he has the right and the audacity right. to be a full human. Exactly. And express how he wants to express it. Yeah. And even then, it's not disrespectful. And it was thoughtful. It was and thoughtful. he considered other people. Yeah. And talk to other people about how to do it in a respectful manner, right? But I think, again, for me, I don't try to convince other people that that was the right thing for him to do. Because even trying to convince you means that somehow
1: I have to explain myself to you.
0: And I don't have to explain myself to you. Well,
1: and I think there's this concept of patriotism. So when he took the knee, he all of a sudden became an expatriate. Right. Mm -hmm. So when people stand what seems like against the flag, that's when many were like, oh, we shouldn't do that. However, we forget to, you know, remember who wrote. The constitution mm-hmm. that patriotism is mm-hmm. really about the men that stood at the table that you know hundreds of years ago mm-hmm. and decided mm-hmm. what this world would look like yes. but mm-hmm. now that clearly the world is different mm-hmm. it, it, it's not about patriotism it's, right. about, humanity. it's about humanity it really right. is and, and so i think again and again people want to stand behind something but they're forgetting what that Flag was created for mm-hmm. and they're trying to hold on to an old yeah. mentality mm-hmm. about the flag and that that's yeah. a big
2: struggle it is a big struggle and then it's funny my my son was in an oratory competition this morning he came in first place by the way oh, oh congratulations, congratulations. Right. um but the the topic was the constitution should we rewrite it mm-hmm. or should we start you know start from scratch rewrite it or should we leave it the way it is and keep moving so His argument was that the amendments that were put in place were put in place by the founders because they understood that the times would change. They weren't ready in in that moment in time to make the necessary uh, stipulations to free slaves and to do certain things because it was an economical uh, concern for a new Mm -hmm. nation so they sacrificed humanity mm-hmm. and said we're going to leave that for a future generation mm-hmm. which is why they created article 5 so that amendments could take place as the culture and the times change because they knew that it would mm-hmm. right and back to the patriotism thing for me if this country was founded on christian principles taking a knee is a form of prayer mm-hmm. it was the most respectful thing that that anyone could have done is to take a knee and kneel in silent prayer, mm-hmm. versus what um, Jesse Owens did at the Olympics, which I was okay with. I wasn't born yet, but you know, I remember reading about that in elementary school. Mm-hmm. You know, with the <laughs> <laughs> you know. Now mm-hmm. I can see how people would say, "Oh, that fist is you know, it's um, it's aggressive, it's hostile." But no, he took a knee in prayer in solidarity with the flag. Mm-hmm. You know, what I what I always have to say, I talk about um, Sojourner Truth when, when the suffrage movement was going and, you know, white women wanted black women to support the suffrage movement, but then they didn't want to acknowledge our humanity. Mm-hmm. And so she's famous for the speech, I too am a woman.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My thing is, I too am an American. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I am an American.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: And so you know, your fight is my fight, Mm -hmm. but then you can't expect me to stand up for the flag, go to war, et
0: cetera, et cetera. And then you don't respect my life. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. exactly. Yeah.
0: And us, you know, also as a military family and my son-in-law is still in the military and my husband served, my brother served, I served. And so again, taking that one knee for us is honoring a soldier who passed right because you usually have his weapon mm-hmm. his kevlar hanging there mm-hmm. and you take one knee in mm-hmm. honor of their life yeah so that's patriotism mm-hmm. and he explained that yeah but again it doesn't matter what we explain or what we do
2: mm-hmm.
0: when you want to find something
1: offensive mm-hmm. you're gonna find but something offensive, offensive. And yeah. when bias is always at play, mm-hmm. it's the most efficient answer that explains everything. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So
2: right.
1: So people went with a knee-jerk reaction. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. They ran with the narrative. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but then these same patriots took the flag and ran in the Capitol mm-hmm. and right. broke windows and beat people in the head with the flag. But that's patriotic. I mean, mm-hmm. right. it's, it doesn't make sense to me.
1: Right. It doesn't make sense. to me. Why? Why wasn't their behavior described as animalistic? Right. Exactly. Right. And why? And, wasn't and, the unpatri- the and same? unpatriotic. Correct. Right. right. And correct. Right. right.
0: Right. And why wasn't the response That's right. the yeah. same? Why aren't they exactly? Why they terrorists? Right.
2: No. Why, no. Right. No shots fired. Why did hours go by? Right. right. No knees on necks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah.
3: Right. And what is more of a terroristic act than storming the Capitol.
2: Right. I, I don't understand. understand.
3: And yeah. they were
1: allowed to go home yep. that night, talk to their families. Yes. Yep,
2: yep. And they were reenacting a, a moment in history as well, because um, there was a situation just before the the uh, the Civil War, where um, there was a plan to storm the Capitol,
1: hmm.
2: and it was it was boarded, but they did show up in attempt mm-hmm. to do so. So wow. I feel like the people who organized and orchestrated that. They studied the history. They understood the history, and they were making a statement—a mm-hmm. um, statement about the America that they want, which is America mm-hmm. that was
0: free... that never was. Well, well America that never was. Civil War. war.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, yeah. The, right? Yeah. Right. But the, again, like America has never been European. Right. 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 The native people were here. That's correct. And for me, like I said, uh, you know i stand very um proudly on this even though i had nothing to do with it where i was <laughs> born but i stand proudly in the fact that y- you can't tell me to go home to my country mm-hmm. right i didn't cross no rivers and i didn't go anywhere this is my country right. like this is my country this right. is my people are that, from right. this native land right. right and so further south in south america mm-hmm. right but those were native people that's and crazy. that's my people that's so i always say well just move the border back move the border back to where border. it was originally Let it work and so by <laughs> a man
1: right. <laughs> right.
0: that's right um so again for me i'm like there was never an all european you know america Russia, yeah. nation that that that's a fallacy yes, right yes, that yes. never yes. existed mm-hmm. um so yeah so for me, I'm like, that. I'm very confident in the fact that you can't tell me to go home. Now, right. you and your European friends came on a ship. That's right. Um, That's so right. You go home. You go home. <laughs> and, and you go. landed here by mistake. By mistake. Right. You got <laughs> lost. You got uh, because you got lost. Because <laughs> you got lost. And so my people took you in mm-hmm. right. and taught you how to work the land mm-hmm. so you wouldn't start. Right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I agree. And, 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 and I'm just saying, I just love the history of, you know, just the history of us and even the nation, how it's, you know, progressed. But this piece of oppression has always been like what I always call the original sin. Yes. Like mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this nation, mm-hmm. that that has been mm-hmm. the original stain. sin. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's like this inherited stain. Like a, lot of, a
2: lot of black mothers, when they get pregnant, the first thing that happens is they lose their hair. That now some of that is hormonal, mm-hmm. you know, biological, but it happens to black women in more numbers because the stress of knowing that I'm bringing a child into this world, mm-hmm. and it might not even be a conscious right stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a big a big part of it. Um, and then just to pick up on the infant mortality thing again too, because that that's a, also a passion piece for me. When you talk about systems you know um and you brought in education Mm -hmm. so it starts there so the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world Mm -hmm. when you look at the education system and you Mm -hmm. don't see a a a black man Mm -hmm. it as a teacher right right? i'm 50 i've never had a black male teacher my husband is a black male teacher i give him kudos every day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the the idea that that you know the classrooms are ruled by Mm white And so they come into that classroom with their preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. about who they're teaching. And then those students grow up and those students become the leaders, the doctors, the lawyers, the politicians, the nurses, and they go into those professions with their prejudices and their preconceived ideas that were reinforced in that classroom. Mm -hmm. Especially when you see a teacher nominalize and treat A a black child or indigenous, I call us all indigenous people, Mm -hmm. and treat an indigenous person with such disregard and disrespect. You internalize that, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So, I remember being at my doctor's office, pregnant with my second child, and um, my blood work came back funny, and they were like, "Well, you know, we think your your baby might be Down syndrome. Um, We want to do some tests. We're going to do an amnio." And my husband said, "What's that? What's an amnio?" He didn't know. The doctor had an attitude, so I had to explain to my husband what an amnio is and the risks that you know. At least at that time, the risks <clears throat> that you can actually lose your baby. So he got animated, and then the doctor was looking at me like, "How'd you know that? Right? <laughs> right? Just how do you how do yeah. you know that?" Um, but even more importantly, there was there was this argument that took place in the doctor's office between because I had a midwife and then I had the OB and the midwife was with us at the appointment where she was saying, the doctor was saying, well, if the baby's down syndrome, you wa- you might want to consider abortion. So here I am, how mm-hmm. many weeks pregnant? That's the conversation that you decided to have with me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, you already have a child, right? Mm-hmm. So wait, what? <laughs> it, it was just such a, a dramatic, Right. Experience for me, mm-hmm. I've never forgotten it.
1: It's upsetting to listen to.
2: It's I mean, upsetting, yeah. And um, and let me just add that in the other room was another mother, a Jewish mother, who had children stair stepped, maybe two years to eighteen months apart, mm-hmm. on her fifth pregnancy. And the doctor, the conversation that was happening with her was, "Oh well, do you you want to consider, you know, spacing your pregnancies?" out a little more because you know you need two years for your body to heal not you shouldn't have any more babies not sterilize yourself not do you Mm -hmm. want but the conversation that was happening with me was very different conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get up out of that room and run Mm -hmm. and if it were not for the black midwife that I had
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I would have probably left that doctor's office and never went back to another
1: Mm -hmm. OB appointment oh my
2: goodness that's systemic
1: Mm -hmm, Correct. It really is because we probably each have some story where somebody's addressed us in an extreme way. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that happened to you. And
2: my husband felt powerless as a black man standing there not knowing enough about medical procedures Mm -hmm. and things like not knowing what he should Mm -hmm. say. So he also left traumatized Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that day. Right. Right. I often think about, like I said, my husband and our husbands just in general. The pressure. I think about my husband in relation to me and my daughters because I think he's the only man in the house, right? <laughs> it, um, right now, my son-in-law is there, but all, usually it's just him. And I think mm-hmm. that he feels very protective over us. Mm-hmm. And I think the stress that, um, you know, the stress that it that it, he must bear. And many times I, you know, I see him concerned. He'll never share it, but I know the burden that he bears mm. for protecting his daughters and uh, myself. Many times he feels like he has to protect me from myself because <laughs> of my mouth more than anything. <laughs> um, but, but many times because of my mouth or my behavior or whatever, you know, I, always, I often have to think that I have to curtail many things that I want to say. To not put him in a situation where he feels like he has to do Mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm, right? Because then to put him in that situation is always, you know, in my mind. And it's another thing that comes to this point is in my mind, I have always been prepared to protect my husband. Like I think Mm -hmm. if he ever gets pulled over, Mm -hmm. if anything ever happens to him, if anyone ever tries to minimize him, it's just not going to be his experience Mm -hmm. in front of me. Right, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. and so in my mind, it's sad that I've always had to prepare myself to Mm -hmm. say, for my husband, I will give my life because I'm not about to see him minimized. Right? Yes, correct. I won't go to jail for anyone else. (laughs) I (laughs) will sacrifice my life other than my kids, but for my husband, the price of the ticket for me is do not. Minimize my husband in front of me.
1: Mm-hmm. So Ruth, mm-hmm. that brings to mind mm-hmm. a really funny um, uh, scenario. If you've ever watched the show Blackish, yes, yes, mm-hmm. um, yes. And so um, the wife fixes her husband a plate and walks it over to him, right? And um, the wife's mother says, "The mother-in-law's like, um, you fixing him a plate? What's that about?" And mm-hmm. she's like, "I always fix Dre's plate." Um, I always fix my husband's plate. Yes. I always make sure my husband is fed, and mm-hmm. I think that too is coming from that sense of I'm not going to let my husband feel minimized mm-hmm. in his own home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people treat him right. when he's right. out on the street, That's right. but when he comes here, right. he, he's, he's my man. Yeah. You know, and um, so I fix yeah. I fix his plate. I make yeah. sure he's fed. I make sure every. And people are surprised that I still cook. You know, because they yeah. said you don't have kids in the house, you don't have to cook, mm-hmm. but I enjoy it. Yeah. Right? right. I want to do that for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're right. I think as at, in our relationships, we understand that our, our men have inherited this unfortunate legacy mm-hmm. of not being enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. My husband was told when he was in, I don't know, junior high school, high school, by a guidance counselor, um, mm-hmm. that he should look at vocational tracks. um Um, that he would never you know go to college mm -hmm. and um when he graduated from medical school my mother-in-law, who, who, like you, Ruth, is not going to keep her mouth, t- to her, not keep her thoughts to so herself, she was happy to send a copy of his that's degree right. a, mm-hmm. and, and, and write her a very kind letter. That's <laughs> right. I say kind. I that's <laughs> that's right. that's to right. let her know, you don't underestimate my child. That's right. Right. You don't say yeah. those things to any and, child. To anybody's mm-hmm. child. Right. To anybody's
2: child. You know, so, okay.
1: guidance counsel is
2: often overstep or understep. They, they either do, do like what you said, mm-hmm. you know, underestimate someone's potential, or they don't give the support that they could give because they, they only give that support to the students that they think has, has potential. Right. Bias. And yet mm-hmm. that bias. And so that's another systemic piece for the school system. Then, if you need, if the guidance counselors are overwhelmed, because that's the excuse that I was giving. Yes. You know, I have, I'm one person, I mm. have 500 students. Doesn't <laughs> make for you, just to hear it? <laughs> 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 then hire more guidance counselors. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right.
2: You have the money, we pay enough taxes. Right. But just, it's just how you choose to prioritize, you choose. Yes. To prioritize you. Thank Yeah. Thank you.
3: I think yeah. I'm surprised sometimes about how how young they are mm-hmm. when things are already formed against them. Because mm-hmm. uh, Maddox just started school, what two months ago, and he's in daycare. He's not even school school. And the first thing they said to him was like, "Oh my God, you're so tall! I know you're gonna be a basketball player." Oh. Wow. oh and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Ma'am, you have no idea. He'd be a doctor. He'd be a singer. he be a lawyer. You don't know. He's five. He's five, and well, he doesn't know. So don't put that on him right, because right. he's black and he's tall." That he's going to be a basketball player mm-hmm. like mm-hmm.
0: right let him be whatever he wants if he wants to be a broom he's gonna be a broom because mm-hmm.
1: it's not for you to tell
3: him
0: <laughs> what he's gonna do, he's going to do. Mm-hmm. that's right
3: right
0: that's funny right. and yeah. also tying you know his physical appearance to his ability right but right It's is it just another thing that you know people think like oh it's just a comment but it isn't right no it's not in mm-hmm. your conscious or subconscious you're tying his ability to his physical appearance yep. and not to his right. capacity, right? right? Because you don't know his capacity. Exactly. You don't know him. Exactly. Um,
1: but yeah, yeah, I think
0: there, there's a you know there's a lot of that as well. The narrative for me is again many times even like I say even in our own culture and around our own people we do the same thing to mm-hmm. you know to our children to our spouses to you know we limit their capacity based on our narrative Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and because we are living in the same country Mm -hmm. you know that has privileged some over others and Mm -hmm. so many times we're like i said more critical of our own people Mm -hmm. than um than even other people are Are, of us mm -hmm. because it's all you know it's a narrative that America has created and we live in this America the way that the narrative has been Mm -hmm. created and many times we use that um, ourselves Mm -hmm. right Um, to minimize each other Mm -hmm. and so um, the other thing is uh, you know for us this afternoon or it feels like evening because it's cloudy (laughs) um, as it relates to our husbands is you know that for most of you know, my experience in uh, relation to people in the church, in my home, in my job, I've been blessed to really have friends who have been married for a long time, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and I think for me that, you know, I often wonder where is that narrative? Why don't we have more of that? Like in right. blackish, right? right? Yeah. right. Like, why does it have to be the housewives of somebody, somebody? Right, um, right. It's right. so oh, dramatic. Okay. Oh, right. That? Well,
2: why do we have terms like baby mama drama? Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. When I moved here, I was volunteering for an organization in Richmond. I won't say their name. So, she introduced me to someone as Winston's baby's mama. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Um, wait a minute, what, (laughs) what just happened? Mm -hmm. And this is, you are the director of a a cultural education center. So I was like, wife.
3: Right. Yeah, my son, he's at a, a daycare and they had an issue of him and a girl the other day and she scratched him and whatever. And then I went in to talk to the teacher and I'm like, well, we should have a meeting on Tuesday and she was like well, we can do it now you're here now and i'm like okay well, what about his dad his dad wants to That's be him. here too and she's like oh maddox has a dad oh wow why wouldn't maddox have a dad wow. oh my gosh why would maddox not have a dad why would oh you assume God. he doesn't have a dad <sighs> and she oh, was that like hurts yeah and then she's like okay well i guess you know give him time to travel why do you assume he lives somewhere else mm-hmm. where where does he live he lives with me we're married he's my husband She's like, oh, I didn't realize you were married. You didn't because all the paperwork says that I'm married. Right. You didn't right. even look. You just assumed you yeah. saw a black girl and she can't be married. You right. can't have a husband. Right. Maddox can't have a dad. You have
0: a pretty big ring on your finger. <laughs> she, must, <laughs> she must be blind. <laughs> right. She didn't notice. Right. And even that, wow. like, even that, the comment... It, why is it's, it necessary, right? It's disrespectful. Right? Right? Yeah. It's disrespectful. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It wasn't even necessary. necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. Unprofessional. No, they, yeah. they, they and we get approached in unprofessional ways. all, all, time. Time. all, all, all the time. We get underestimated every time.
2: All right. the time. Right. I, right. I mean, I could write a book. I could write a book. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> the school across the street from where we live assumed that we rented the house because we couldn't possibly mm. own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my children have a full head of African hair. We're in Macy's one day shopping. My son has his afro out. Older woman approaches him, puts her hand in his hair, and grabs no. his like, literally, oh my god, your hair's so beautiful. And it took everything in my being not to snatch her. Right. 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 Because then I would have been an angry, angry black I would black have had black black woman. Mm-hmm. Angry black woman. But how dare you! I would not walk up to your child mm-hmm.
1: and put my hand in their hair or touch them, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. How right. dare you? And the price we pay is we have to be calm. Exactly. Correct. We have professional. Exactly. Correct. Because exactly. exactly. I wanted to ask that. lady, like, Do it your kids keep... have
3: a father?
2: <laughs> right, exactly. It's to <laughs> <a> rein <laughs> ourselves in like, while you disrespect my child. My child. Right. 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 You know? But the narrative, right. And, you know, I'm getting to that age where I feel like I don't need to hold my tongue back anymore. <laughs> Cuz I think I would have said, "Excuse me. Do you have a father?"
1: Right?
0: <laughs> like, who raised you? Like, everybody has a father. Like, how did you come into the world? Right. Let's talk about that. I just have to address the thing of I'm getting to the age. It's funny because I hear that a lot probably because of the age group that I'm in. And I'm like, it's, I find that so interesting that people are getting there. My you whole life has always been there. So what does that feel like to get there and really just be able to say what you want where you've literary. been saying it all the time? Very liberating. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's very I'm like, how much worse is it going to get for you, Ruth. <laughs> That's funny. It's very. Liberating. My husband says he's gotten into this thing calling me... Um, what does he say? Mouth almighty, tongue everlasting. No. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's I uh, just, you know, it's again, we're talking about my husband. It's like, you know, just the, I just think the capacity for him to be a protector in this world. Mm-hmm. To, you know, have the confidence that he has. Um Again, it's not overbearing, but I'm saying to just be as confident as he is, knowing the things that he's burdened with Mm -hmm. that are different from other people. You know, like the things where you don't belong. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. even though we've arrived, we still don't belong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Agree. Agree. And just um, you know, sometimes when I reflect on him and I think how more can i honor you right Mm -hmm. because it is a different experience for you and um like you you said you've been married 25 years we've been married 32 years i want to say i hope i got it right (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know for me it took some time clearly i am of color but i am latina Mm -hmm. right and so our cultures were something that we, that was an extra burden on our marriage. Mm-hmm. And and probably, I don't know if it was more our culture, as in, you know, he's African-American and I'm Latina, but he's from New Jersey, like the city of Madison, uh-huh. uh-huh. and I'm from Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, And so, yes. need I say more? Right. And so, um, right. so for us, you know, coming together every day, Is a strategic thing. Like, we have to talk about, 32 years later, what we are going to do. Because I promise you that whatever he thinks we're going to do, I'm thinking completely the opposite. (laughs) And so, um, but it took me time. And again, I don't know if it was the culture as in, you know, Mm -hmm. region or as in our background. Mm -hmm. But it took me time. uh, And again, because my culture informed a lot of who I am, Mm -hmm. and I didn't like... um, uh uh, you know the how the man is in charge in my culture like Mm -hmm. he gets all honor right Mm -hmm. in my culture like he is the end all, all all Mm -hmm. and so yes and i did not agree and so Mm I rebelled early on, and then when I married, I continued to rebel against my husband, which again, it took me many years to figure out that he had nothing to do. do. (laughs) I was still fighting a fight that he wasn't in. So, yeah, unfortunately for him, it took me some time to figure out you're not even fighting. So, why am I so stressed out, tired, exhausted? I've been in this uh, boxing match. By yourself? So, and um, and so that me fighting that cause of mm-hmm. not wanting to be this Latina, you know, with this macho man over me, mm-hmm. right? Me fighting that cause, I think, I know, um, worked against my marriage, in in the way that, like I say now, the honor of my life now is to honor my husband, right? That's the honor of, of my life, like mm-hmm. to see him walk in to his house. be comfortable and be served Mm -hmm. and And be safe right it's it's, yeah to feel honored honored in Mm -hmm. his home is the is is what brings me joy Mm -hmm. and i hate that it took me so long to get there you know what i mean i can relate to that a little bit too because
2: my husband's jamaican Mm -hmm. so some of that cultural that that, that, the man is king that -hmm. cultural stuff and then when when he proposed to me my mom came to me she said you know he's West Indian, right? Cause, and I said, yeah. And she said, well, why do you think I married an American? <laughs> Cause she's from South America. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, um, um. Mm-hmm. because she assumed that my dad would be more passive and kind of let her do whatever. Um, but she still treats my dad like a king, right? Mm-hmm. She She's in control, but mm-hmm. she treats my dad like a king. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't see that I'll have a problem. But that was always in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. So whenever I felt like my husband was giving me an order Mm -hmm. or direction, I would rebel. Mm -hmm. He would. Mm -hmm. It was like you're not my dad. Tell me what to do. do. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh
1: Mm -hmm. It took a minute. Yeah. It took
2: a minute. But you know, but then, like you said, you, you realize that there's a there's a reason mom still treated dad like a king like mm-hmm. right, to honor to honor him and the role that he plays as dad of the household
1: mm-hmm.
2: and so so i i kind of i cooled that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it took time yeah it didn't it happened overnight
1: and i yeah. think it is a journey yeah. because yeah. my story is just the opposite so my parents so my great-grandmother was a slave mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um sorry my great-great-grandmother was a slave um and my great-grandmother, I met her, but not for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, so she grew up during Jim Crow era. Mm-hmm. My parents are both from Alabama. Um, my mother's from Selma, a very mm-hmm. you know, well-known historical town. Mm-hmm. And my dad is from Tuskegee, another very wow. well-known mm-hmm. town. Yes. So my yes. heritage is really the Middle Passage. Mm-hmm. Um, I know nothing beyond when we got here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So people told me to go home. I got nowhere else to go, right? (laughs) right. But with that said, um, I was reading a book by Bell Hooks, which is called "Ain't I a Woman," and Mm -hmm. I think it comes from that Sojourner Truth um, message. And it talked about, you know, what what was most interesting when um, America was being colonized and black slaves were being brought over. The men were being brought first, Mm -hmm. strength and power. Mm -hmm. But then the white man looked at this black African woman. She had a basket on her head. She had babies strapped to her back. Mm-hmm. She had laundry in mm-hmm. her hands. Mm-hmm. And he said, and, and her husband ruled over her, mm-hmm. right? So she did the gathering, the mm-hmm. cooking, the mm-hmm. cleaning, all of it. Mm-hmm. He wanted that commodity. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the slave industry changed and mass amounts mm-hmm. of women mm-hmm. were being brought over. Not just to do the work, but to be bred, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I come from that very, very poignant heritage. Um, and so with that said, I will serve until my feet bleed. I think I've told you that before. Um, and, and, and so my husband being part Haitian, part American, um, he has that patriarchal Mm -hmm. sort of idea, but he's also very gentle man. And so he's never bossed me. But i was happy to serve him right mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. and so my path was more like finding the balance mm-hmm. like i could balance the basket on my head the kids on my back and keep going mm-hmm. and then i feel burdened right um mm-hmm. and so having to ask my husband to do something while still honoring him mm-hmm. i think saying it with my words because i have a sharp tongue mm-hmm. um how i say it mm-hmm. you know how i ask for his help and Ask for mm-hmm. his assistance, and then be, then the gratitude. Right. Is it? it took crafting mm-hmm. over yes, time, yes, yes, and yes, so yes. I think you know our experiences as as people of indigenous, color, black, BIPOC, mm-hmm. we just have to understand how our legacy and our heritage is woven into the very typical mm-hmm. things of a marriage, right? Right. right? right. Right. Communication. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. yeah. 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 And I think that's very you know valuable. It's funny. I started to laugh when you say, you know, he never bossed me around. And I'm thinking, you know, it's funny because my husband never bossed me around, but I was still fighting. You're were. <laughs> right, right.
1: you not going to tell mean, me. Because, because it's your how, how in your it. Right. Because exactly. that's what my husband it. would yeah. say to yeah. me. He
2: was like, he would say to me, well, why do you perceive it that way? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that, the fact that I'm giving you an order, that's in your head.
1: You're just ready to rebel at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah
0: and I wonder to like how many marriages I think about you know again I think about my husband and I give him all credit because I think a lesser man would not have put up with me (laughs) Um, and I think of the longevity of our marriage right and I and what you just said and I think about how many marriages young unions have broken up because of what we bring into our marriage and not really understanding it like exactly i said for me i know that anybody else would have left me my mother even told me nobody will marry you with that (laughs) (laughs) and i said that's okay because i'm not looking to be married and um um, yeah and and, you know just i think like my marriage could have been one of those right Mm -hmm. and we would have said there was some issues in our marriage, but really it was what I brought into the marriage, right? And um, he's not perfect by far, (laughs) but what I'm saying is, you know, many marriages break up because we don't get to the point where, okay, this is how this affects my marriage, right? right? It has nothing to do with him. I'm fighting this battle that I brought, you know, brought into the marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's true. We
2: all bring something Right. And also just to have the conversations about it, to right. like be able right. to say, you know, a lot of people are quiet and reserved; they internalize stuff. But to be able to say, why do you respond to me that way, mm-hmm. and, and to get an answer because yes. I have to right process. Right. Yes. Why do I respond to you that way? You right. know what I mean? Like
0: because somebody. you
2: need it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing with
3: me and my husband because my mom raised me the same way. That you don't need a man for anything, don't let him tell you what to do, whatever. And then, around the time that I got engaged, when I was like 25, 26, then she found God and was in the church and started telling me something completely different. Oh. So, I'm just like, Ma'am, you can't confuse me <laughs> now. I'm like, We're going with what you saying for <laughs> 25 years. So, now we struggle because I'm like, On the one hand, don't tell me what to do, and then my mom's like, I know what I told you, but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 30 years now. <laughs> now it's in there. <laughs> so now we have to talk about everything because I'm like, I just, I had it one way in my mind. Mm-hmm. So if I sound crazy, just wow. remind me that I sound crazy right so I can right think about it. Right How right long right. have you been married? It'll be six years in September. Oh, oh congratulations. Wow. Yeah. 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 And again,
0: his character is very much like my husband's He's character. He's very laid back. Yeah. Very laid back, which I'm so grateful for. Because it's funny, I think about my daughter, what my mother thinks about me. She, I don't know who would put up with yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I
2: think I think what my mom was associating as American really was just my dad is laid back. Mm-hmm. And she just associates, because he lets her, it's he, she runs things, it's the show. But like I said, she makes sure, like you said, she cooks, she feeds him, she, she treats him like a king. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to... Like, making plans, building, investing, whatever, it's her show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my aunt, the advice that she gave both myself and my cousin when we got married was, one, don't tell people your business. Mm-hmm. If people ask about your husband, he's well, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: something and, we need to learn. <laughs> <later> <laughs> yes. right. and, and two, always let him feel like he is the king. Mm-hmm. Home, yeah. Right. So, so that's what you know. Like I said, it took me a little time because you know initially I was like, yeah. you know, no, no, tell me what to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. But I do try to make sure that that he he feels welcome, safe, home, at peace when mm-hmm. he's home. Things like that. I was I was thinking about what you were saying about about that um, us feeling because they think they're the protector, right? That's mm-hmm. their job as the men. But we also have that instinct of mm-hmm. protection. Yes, we do. And um, when you were talking, I flashed back to a scene. We, we were in Williamsburg, Williamsburg, Virginia, and we, we needed gas. So we were we were in the middle lane, and the gas station was to the right. And he was not in the lane to turn right. So he told me roll your window down and put your you know handle. So I did that, and the person who was in that lane was like, oh okay, and he stopped. So he came over, and he pulls in to get gas. Next thing we know, there's a cop car behind us. And Now, I didn't notice the cop car right away that, well, I noticed them, but I didn't notice that they were coming for us. Mm -hmm. So I got out the vehicle and I went- Because why
0: would they? Right, right, Mm
2: -hmm. right. So I got out the vehicle and I went into the gas station to buy some orange juice and whatnot. And then I look, I'm at the register, I look and I see the officer engaging with my husband. And you know, his hand is on, you know, know, the stands there taking. Yes. I flew out of that. (laughs) <laughs> so fast i dropped the orange juice on the floor i dropped yeah. my money on the floor yeah. and it was just instinct like yeah. this is not about to happen yeah. not to, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. right. right. Mm-hmm. you know yeah so just thinking about that i would, that ended up ending very kind of calmly mm-hmm. right because but i literally but the trauma of the it. trauma yeah, of yeah. It, you know yeah and I literally ran and stood between him and my husband, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. you know what
1: I mean and, yeah. and that reminds me of the number of police videos we've seen where it's mm-hmm. it's the mom filming or the the wife or the girlfriend, yeah. and she's saying, don't do this. Yeah. What, right. What do you do? Right. Why are you doing? And, you know, right. we're right there right with there. our men right. to protect right. them and whatever.
2: F- filming. I don't even know where my cell phone was. Right. I, right, right. I put my body yeah. between his body. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because exactly. this is not happening. This is not going to happen yeah.
3: <laughs> today. Yeah, I was talking to my friend the other day, and I'm like, I think we all have a certain amount of trauma when it comes to like police and our men. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but. Until what last week or the week before, I thought there's a certain level of protection for him coming home from work mm-hmm. in that army uniform. Until mm-hmm. I saw the guy mm-hmm. in yeah. the and yeah. I was like, okay, so even that is, yeah, yeah, even the is fact no that no you have protection. signed over yeah. your life, no, to protect this country no. is no. not going to give you just Humanity, just right. humanity, no.
2: Just a human treatment. Just a human, because yeah. here I am, and Quran said that. He said, because you, I don't know if you met Quran. He used to work for Claire.
3: Mm-hmm. He, used to, um,
2: he was our HIV outreach oh, yeah, no, coordinator. Yeah. But he even said that in the video. When you watch it, you know, he's like, this is how you treat me. I'm serving our country. Right. But mm-hmm. the
1: response. You were taught to obey oh. orders, weren't you? Mm-hmm.
2: That, oh, and, and that, yes. really got that drew mm-hmm. me back. You know, people say defund the police. Initially... The concept to me like to find the police that's a little dangerous you know we need we need police and order but at the same time maybe maybe redirect break down dismantle yes mm-hmm. and rebuild that system mm-hmm. maybe give correct. it a different name correct. because it's based on the slave patrol correct that's right. how the whole concept of policing came out yeah and this is the mentality that they have correct.
0: The and system hasn't changed. It
2: hasn't changed. You yeah. change people. You change
0: people. But the system is the, And the same. that
2: history is there like a stain mm-hmm. and it's passed down in the mentality. Right. Because right. that, that officer's culture, entire yes. yeah. his entire all he wanted to do was to let Karan know that I'm better than you. I'm superior mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. You were you gonna, gonna listen right. to me. Yeah. And then when he when he hit him in the knee, so push him down. Like, what was that about? Mm-hmm. Because this is, a, you're going to be subordinate Correct. to me. Right. right? You know? And that was so disgusting.
1: And, right. and this happens in schools yes. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. To young black teens mm-hmm. who mouth off. Mm-hmm. But they're teenagers. They're teenagers. So but all
0: teenagers all, teenagers teenagers all teenagers. all the do why, it. All teenagers do it. All The response is different.
1: Why? does the young black male get dragged down to yeah. the principal's office? Mm-hmm. The SRO, our safety resource officer, police mm-hmm. officer, basically goes after them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and squad cars. Yeah. It, sometimes. It doesn't it sense. Sense.
0: Yeah. And I think the. A bigger issue, again, for me, and this is not based on science or anything, but just observation and lived experience. And I'm like, it, it comes back to me consistently, especially where I started, where it feels like we've arrived, but that doesn't mean that you're welcome. Right. right. right? right. And so the issue that I see, the predominant issue is, when you think that you've arrived, and you think that should you should be treated the same? Mm-hmm. Because the bigger issue for people with power is you must know your place, right? Yep, yep, right. Yep. It's our, our rules. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. The audacity of you thinking that you're in the at the at same, the same level, level and should expect the same treatment. I'm going to remind you who you are in mm-hmm. your place, right? right? So it's not even like we don't like you because you're a drain on the system we don't like you because of what we've seen in the movies mm-hmm, we right. don't like no i don't like you because you want to be at the same level that i that's am right. and right. expect the same humanity that's right. that i do on this earth and you must be reminded and those are the interactions that i see in the recordings yes. and the videos is you must be reminded Of your position as it relates to me in this world position
2: underneath me. Correct. That's why, yep. Correct. You know, and that's that's that that's the narrative that needs to change that that concept that that one human being is better than another. This Mm -hmm. caste system.
0: Right. um, And that's not too much to ask. It's It's not too much to ask for our families, you know, for our, our husbands. Again, for me, it's about Finding our shared humanity, mm-hmm. right? It's our shared humanity. Mm-hmm. This fallacy of race or color, you know, we all see color. I don't want to be samed. I please mm-hmm. see me for my beautiful brown. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for me it's you know, don't say me. That's not what I'm but, going right. after. Don't say you don't see color because then you're missing out on some, you, a beautiful right, life. Right. Um, but but we can live a shared humanity, right? Right. I don't have to be better than you and you don't have to be better than me. Um, But we can share the space on equal level, which again, takes me back to that inclusive stuff. At this point in my life, the one thing I have come to is you can never have my brown butt sitting on another committee or another board or another anything if you don't want to hear my brown mouth speak <laughs> and influence policy and practice, right? right? I refuse to be your token brown person, person. right? Mm, it's right. either you're going to, you know, um, and again, for me, it's not about inclusion because even that requires an invitation yes. and it's still your table, it's right? Table. It's we're coming together. If we're coming together, that means I have the same amount of Boys, authority can inform right. at the same mm-hmm. level. You don't have to take all my ideas either. I'm not that sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is I don't want to be included at your table. Mm-hmm. We can come together. Mm-hmm. right? But then that means all of me. All of me, Right? Of yep. Not and the I price of the ticket should be not the be AT, only one at the table. <laughs> and I should <laughs> I not be, be the, the only, only
2: one. one, one the table. Exactly. My my daughter turned down a job offer because of that. Mm-hmm. She um the, the entire panel. Was uh, Caucasian, and she asked them, and this is post George Floyd. She asked them in the interview, "What was their um, their status on diversity, and did they have any systems in place to make sure that diversity was happening in their agency?" And they were very honest. They were like, "No, we don't. We haven't even thought about it." Mm-hmm. Um, and and she was just like, "Okay, thank you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so so. I was saying to her, well, maybe you could be the person to change the culture. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then her friend jumped in and he was like, that's across to there. He said, I'd rather go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we had this whole, this Mm -hmm. interaction about it. And I said, you know, it's a good point, but somebody at some point in time was the person that broke that, Mm -hmm. that barrier in some situations, someone was that across the yeah. for all of us. Sure, yeah. But I understand that Correct. that doesn't have to be you. Correct. That, that you have to decide. Right, right. What and you also what
0: have you... to, I think when you're there, you understand the intentions. Mm-hmm. Are you hiring me right now because diversity, equity, and inclusion is a thing, and so I have to be your token person? Right. Right. Or are you hiring me because you really want what I bring to the table? To the table. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean?
2: And I think that's what they were trying to express to her. But she was just uncomfortable, right? Period. So um, even though they they offered her the position, she declined. Mm-hmm. So she's still looking. We'll, we'll keep her in prayer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she finds something. Yeah. Right. But but it was. But just, it's even it just, awful it, that you
0: have to feel like. Am I going to be that? Yeah, you know, am I the like in the classroom where we started, right? (laughs) Everybody's going to turn. The representation for everything (laughs) black,
2: right? Right, and and within our own communities, there's so much diversity, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So so there's no one representation for, you know, um, for what what is black, right?
0: So just to um, wrap it up, I'm going to ask us a series of questions, you know, for the audience, like, and I've really enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. If it was just us, the world would be straight. <laughs> 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 um, so as it relates to love, truth, and power, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes to love and as you know, to your community, your spouse, your family, um, what do you... How do you define love within your relationship with mm-hmm. your husband? Like what's the one thing that you say? This is what love is for us in, in our home. Mm-hmm. What is most powerful about your mm-hmm. relationship with your husband? Like what is the like that thing that this is powerful in our marriage and this is how we influence our community through it? So, what, what would for you me? say? That's I'm putting you on the spot. You are. I'm You're already not putting you on the spot. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. My brain is tooling. Like, what is, what is love for me?
2: Um, I would say, huh, I'm trying to find the word. I think the ability to compromise um, and to, for, for me, understanding what his love languages are. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you know, so for him, it's doing. It's you know, I I mowed the lawn. I took out the trash. Mm-hmm. I paid this yeah. bill. <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> so so I I did it. I'm doing it. I love you. Yeah. Right. Um. So that that for me was that that under one trying to understand his love languages, but then they're compromised Like we had to we had to come to the to middle. Mm-hmm. You know. And we don't always agree on on everything. Sometimes mm-hmm. we agree to disagree. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But um, also celebrating those things that we that we do have in common, mm-hmm. and that we care about that are you know like volunteering. Mm-hmm. So um, that same organization I mentioned earlier, my whole family, myself, him, and the children, we volunteer every year mm-hmm. because we believe in the message that that they're trying to get across, and mm-hmm. you know preserving our history and our culture mm-hmm. so we volunteer as a family you know mm-hmm. and that's how we show love back to our
1: community mm-hmm.
0: you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and what's the truth because I miss the truth you do the, the love and power what's the truth about your marriage like what's one true thing about your marriage it's still a work in progress okay good. <laughs> good, good, good. that's
3: very true <laughs> I see you want to go yeah um
0: love truth and power
3: I think the love in our marriage is he doesn't require me to be smaller than what I am.
0: Mm,
3: yeah. And that has happened in a lot of past relationships, and that happens in a lot of my friends' relationships. And he doesn't require me to be smaller for him to feel bigger than life.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think our truth is as long as we're growing, we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. In the power of your marriage? that I'm always at his back and he always has mine yeah
1: yeah um so I loved it. what you guys said. <laughs> I'm gonna steal a little bit so Jennifer you said common ground or you know having the, those connections and and so I would say definitely that's important with the love but you know with Greg seeing things so differently from the way I see them I think for us it's been a sense of humor to mm-hmm. try to keep it yeah. light, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like just laugh about it, even when you, even when I don't think it's funny, mm-hmm. just laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of laughter. Um, the, sorry, what what comes next? Judith? Truth and power. power. Truth. Truth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Truth is, we've been married for twenty six years. We're not going anywhere. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got yeah. a big enough house. If I want to come upstairs, I just, like, <laughs> that's right. sit upstairs yeah. for a little while if I need to be in my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then power is um, just us as a couple, our our union. You know, when we think about how we didn't have to meet each other. So we know it was God, mm-hmm. you know, so God is in the middle of our relationship mm-hmm. the entire time. And that's mm-hmm. where the power is. Mm-hmm. I like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'll, I'll start with power. I think the uh, the most power our marriage has had is um, the influence that it has on the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, because neither one of us saw examples of healthy marriages, right, in our history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So long marriages, um, we saw short marriages, we saw people who were not married, but not, nothing like what we have, and I'm not saying what we have is perfect clearly, I'm Mm -hmm. just saying, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen a commitment. Mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And so. I think the power to them that that gives the next generation mm-hmm. i think the truth is um and a piece of advice that i always share with people who are getting married because i heard it early in my marriage from this couple that had been married 60 <clears> some <throat> years and the lady said they you know how they do to people who have been married a long mm-hmm. time it's like what's a piece of advice that you would give to me? <laughs> like, uh, and so pearls of wisdom yes on, so she said um you know, you're not going to want to hear it because most people want to hear this romantic thing. And mm-hmm. she said, and the truth is that our marriage has lasted this long because one of us was always in love. Oh, oh yes. yeah, that's good. It's I mean, not. He's like, she said, as oh. long as one of you is always in love mm-hmm. and it's not going to be always at the same time. She's like those periods where you're in love at the same time. Enjoy them. They're beautiful, but they're not very long. But you have to be at the same place at the Mm -hmm. same time, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, but when I was out of love, he carried us. And when he was out of love, I carried the marriage forward. That's beautiful. Yeah. And that's so real. That's honest. And that's that's so so real. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that was a pearl of wisdom Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And that has been our truth, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't always been in love at the same time, but one of us always has been. Uh, and when we're in love at the same time, it is beautiful, but it's not, you know, it's seasonal. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my, um, truth. And then love for me, again, it it took years to figure it out, but it's, um, it's not what's best for Ruth or what's best for Daryl. It's what's best for us. Mm -hmm. And that to me is love. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get my way and maybe you're not going to get your way. But as long as the us is winning, mm-hmm. we're going to be winning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So okay. thank you so much, ladies, thank for all you. of it. This was great. It flowed cool. really well. Thank so you. thank you so thank
3: much. You.